Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Hello, Celebrate, and welcome as we continue our series, Growing Your Faith. We've been looking through the book of James and learning what it means to grow up, grow up in maturity in our walk with Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bibles, if you'd open up today to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Now I'm, I'm super grateful that Pastor Keith is allowing me to open up God's Word with you today, but I'm super excited that joining me today are some of my favorite people in the galactic system, and that's our Celebrate Youth. So thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. You guys all getting ready for school? It's hard to believe. Man, it's crazy last, uh, last months. But uh, I'm so grateful that you're here as well. You know, if I asked you or you, any one of us, what's the one thing that you have that either will determine your success in life or your failure in life, what would it be? I'll tell you what it is. It's your mouth. And today we're going to look through the book of James, James chapter 3, and he's going to teach us what it means to manage my mouth. And I think in today's society, that's an important topic <laughs> for us to look at. So what we're going to do is we're going to read through James chapter 3. I'm going to read it out of my Bible. It's a New Living Translation. We're going to start in verse 1. We're going to read the first 12 verses. Then we're going to talk and see what James has to teach us. So here we go. Chapter 3, verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great force on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It's restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Managing my mouth. Man. We love to talk. It seems like we always have something to say. You know, it's interesting. Researchers tell us that we have about 30 conversations a day. In fact, they say that up to one-fifth of our entire life is spent talking. They did a study. They said that if you added up all the words that any of us say in the course of one year, it would fill 66 books, each book being 800 pages in length. That's a lot of stuff. Now, what they tell us is that men speak up to about 20,000 words a day, women about 30,000 words a day. So, guys, I have a word for you, okay? 
someday you get married, don't use all your words up before you get home because your wife has 10,000 left and you got to save some, okay? So just giving you a, a heads up, okay? Although I have to be honest, in our household, uh, it's reverse. <laughs> I'm the one with, with 30,000. You know, it's kind of like the guy who was asked, do you ever resent the fact that your wife always has the last word? He says, no, I'm just grateful when she finally gets there. <laughs> or the, one of the stories I love is a preacher was visiting a family where the father had just died and he was talking to the son. And he said, son, did your father have any last words before he passed away? And he said, no, mom was with him to the end. <laughs> well, some of us, we know this, that maybe some of us were born with what I call a silver foot in the mouth, which means you have the ability to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. Okay, have you ever been there? I love the story of the stock clerk at a grocery store, a teenage stock clerk who was an older lady, came up to him and asked if she could buy a half a head of lettuce. He's going like, and inside, he's like, are you kidding me? Well, he goes back to his manager, and he looks at his manager and says, you won't believe some old lady, some old bag in the front is asking for half a head of lettuce. Well, all of a sudden he sees the eyes of the manager just going like this, and he realizes the lady's right behind him. And so without missing a beat, he turns to the lady and says, and this fine lady would like the other half. Okay? Man, have you guys ever said the wrong thing at the wrong time? Oh, man, I have. I know that kind of thing. So our mouths get us in all kinds of trouble. And James talks more about the tongue than any other book of the Bible does. In fact, it's interesting. Every chapter in this book, he talks about the tongue. I don't know if you caught how he started. In verse 2, this is how he says it. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. Think about that. He says, if you can control your tongue, you can control your whole life, and you can actually keep your whole body perfect in check. That's a pretty amazing statement to say. In other words, he says, we have to learn to manage my mouth. Let me ask you a question. How have you, how have you seen either in society or people around you, or maybe even yourself, how have you seen that sometimes the words of mouth get people into trouble? Yeah, sometimes I see like, especially around like our age with like drama and things like that, that it can be really easy when you hear somebody say one thing to the person that hears it, spread that and to start telling other people the same thing. And that's where rumors can get started. And uh, I know that happens at all ages as well too, but that's one thing just like, People feel the need to just say things if they feel like it's secretive or it's something um, that they shouldn't share. And so that can get, get people into a lot of trouble. I think we, we see a lot of, we see just a lot of different problems and then we, we try to solve them depending on you know who we're going to and who we're talking to. And then like Kobe was saying, rumors are spread. And I just think that we, instead we need to look to God and those around us to solve the problems instead of just looking towards ourselves. When you guys look at even media as a whole or TV rebels, do you think that most of the words spoken are positive or negative? Negative. I think we'd all agree there. We're in a situation that we, that's a lot of. So what, what James is going to now talk to us about is, you know, why do I have to watch what I say? Why do I have to watch and manage my mouth? Okay, so if you have notes, I encourage you. Here's some things that we're going to talk about. There's three things that James is going to teach us why we need to manage our mouth. Number one. My tongue directs where I go. Let me say it again. My tongue directs where I go. If I ask you, where, where are you headed in life? Or maybe for you guys here, where do you want to be in 10 years? Can I tell you? I can, I can tell you where you're going to be. Let me hear what you're saying. <laughs> 
Because here's the reality. You and I, what we do is we form our words, but then our words form and shape our future. That's what happens. You know, it's interesting. If, if you look back, and I, you don't have to do it, but I'm going to just jump here real quick to Genesis chapter 1, where it talks about the creation. It's interesting that there's three words that are said over and over and over. Now, this is God creating everything. You know what the three words are? Then God said. So the first day of creation, then God said, let there be light. There was light. Second day, then God said, that was the second day he created. Then God said, let the waters, that was the third day. Then God said, the fourth day, fifth day, what do you think happened? Then God said, how about the sixth day? Then God said, it's over and over and over. In other words, how God created everything is he said it. It came out of his mouth first and then it was. Now, if I ask you, who are we made in the image of? God. So the way God creates is the way we create. God spoke it. He created the future. We speak our future. That's why our tongue directs where we go. I don't know if you caught the way James said it. It's in verse 3. The tongue may be small, but it has tremendous power. And now he starts to give an analogy. He says, consider a bit in the horse's mouth. Any of you guys ever rode a horse at all? Okay. Now, I don't know what size, but if you look at some of the horses that are thoroughbreds, I mean, these horses are like two, 3,000 pounds. How much does the jockey weigh, typically? Not much. Maybe 100, 100. I mean, it's, it's, it's small. The jockey's just small. And you think, here's somebody that's riding a 2,500-pound horse. He's 100 pounds plus, and it's all directed by one little thing in its mouth, a bit. But James says, the same way that the jockey controls the horse, we control our life. That's our tongue. He says, the little bit of change, if you're doing a horse, a little bit of a change can move the whole direction. So for example, how you and I talk, one little change can change the direction. Uh, the difference, let me give a couple examples. The difference between saying, I can versus I can't. Make sense? Little direction changes the direction. The difference between saying, impossible versus I'm possible. The difference between I'm a victim versus I'm a victor. A little change, but like a horse, he says, it'll give you the direction of life. So he gives, gives analogy. Then he gives a second analogy right behind it. It's a ship. If you saw it there, he says, consider a ship. Have any of you been on a cruise ship before? Are they pretty big? Yeah. Aren't they? They're massive. You know, the Queen Mary is, is a ship, has over three acres of just recreation space on the ship. That's crazy. The anchor weighs as much as 10 cars. That's how it is. But how does a ship navigate itself? With a small rudder. And James says the same way a rudder does that. Our t a tongue is like that. In fact, if you walk, look at verse 4, he says this. They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Now, I don't know what, if your version says it, but if your version says steered, I'd encourage you to just circle that word steered because what it's referring to is a steering wheel, okay? So if you're going a wrong direction in a car, what do you think you're going to need to do with the steering wheel? You're going to have to turn it, <laughs> okay? If you want to go a different direction, you have to turn the steering wheel. And that's what, that's what he's saying here. James is saying, if you want to change the direction of your life, you have to change the direction of what's coming out of your mouth, your tongue. I think it's interesting. Jesus 
said in, in the New Testament, he says, if any two of you agree on anything in my name, it'll be done. Now think about this, the words of our mouth. If you agree with what God says about you, it's done. Reverse it though, if you agree with what Satan says about you, it's done. See, the little change of how you do it directs your path. And it doesn't have to be a lot of words. I, I love the story of the guy that's in a monastery. And of course, in a monastery, there's a vow of silence. So they say, okay, you can't say any word for one year. At the end of the year, if you've worked good, we'll give you a chance you can say two words. Okay, so the guy works for a year in total silence. They said, okay, you've come to the year. You have two words. What do you want to say? He looks at him. He says, bed, hard. They go, okay, well, thank you for saying that. Okay, next year, you'll get two more words. So he works all the next year. Comes the end of that year, and they said, okay, you have two words. What would you like to say? He goes, food, bad. You go, wow, okay. Well, one more year. Gets the end of the third year. Says, okay, you get two more words. And he says, I quit. They said, well, doesn't surprise us. All you've done is complain since you've been here. <laughs> okay, it doesn't take a lot of words at all. But James says, my tongue directs where I go in life. And because of that, I have to manage my mouth. Let's talk about that. When you think about the power of your tongue directing your life, what thoughts go through your mind? I feel like if someone, say like my age, they post and they like, we're just like an average kid, they post something that's like hateful or rude. And then like 10 years later, they would decide they want to be like a police officer, a judge or something in high power. And usually like with those kind of jobs, they look back at like your records, like what you did. And sometimes they can check your social media. So like with one word or one tweet, whatever you posted, like that can change your whole life. Just because you said that hateful comment 10 years ago, you don't get your dream job or something. Very right. Very right. Absolutely. What rest do you think of? Tying on to what she said, I think that our words can be really vulnerable because that's the, the main source through which other people understand us and see what we're doing and what we think. So we're greatly influenced like, by other people with the things that we say. So when, if you're not saying good things and people around you are hearing that, then um, bad things will likely come out of that because it's the people around us and the places that we are, the people in those places that really can have big effects on our lives and where we go. That's why you should think before you talk because, you know, it could ruin your entire life. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I'm glad you say because we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely right. So we have to understand our tongue directs our life. We create our life by the words out of our tongue. So if there's any air of our life right now we don't like, what do we need to change first? Our tongue, what we say. Now, here's the second thing that James is going to teach us, though, the reason why. Because my tongue can also destroy what I have. Not only directs it, but it also can destroy what I have. Here's how he says it in verse 5. We're walking verse by verse here. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. So he's already used a couple analogies, the analogy of a horse and the bit on it, the rudder on a ship directed, but now he uses another analogy, a spark and a force. Now, have you all been inside the, the mountains or the Black Hills or maybe the mountains? Some of us were at, at YMCA of the Rockies last year, okay? I mean, a lot of things. So the picture is this, picture a, a huge forest of all these beautiful trees, but in one moment, fire goes through and destroys it all, okay? 
That's the illustration of it. You know, it's interesting, in 1983 in Australia, over 600 miles, not just acres, but miles were destroyed by fire. Their villages, obviously people, livestock. You know how it started? One match, 600 miles of it. James says, your tongue can destroy like that. You can lose it all. We talked about it uh, earlier as we were getting started. How many words does it take to destroy a friendship? Not many. Can we agree? It doesn't take many at all. And it doesn't even have to be verbal. You talked about it. It could be a text message and destroy it. Absolutely. So the same way that, let's say, a careless camper doesn't think about it, can destroy because of what they weren't paying attention to, a fire, a forest, we can destroy all kinds of relationships with the words of our mouth. I, I grew up with Smokey the Bear, okay? Smokey the Bear, and they always had to think. Only you can, have you heard about it at all? Can do what? Absolutely, only you can prevent forest fires. Well, you know what? Only you and I can prevent our words from destroying what we have created. And not only ourselves, but the lives of others. I, I sometimes wonder how many careless words um, I've even said about others, possibly, or even about myself, but I wonder how many careless words have destroyed people's marriages, man, their futures, their reputation, what you talked about, okay, their, their potential futures and things in that way. Because it not only has power to direct, but it has power to destroy it. Here's what I see today. We're in a political year, okay, campaigning. Man, you know what I see? Words are just flying. They're just flying. And you know what I find? They don't have to even be true. They're just sad because it, the intent is not to beat the other person. The intent is to destroy the other person. And that's what the power does. Finish this phrase if you've ever heard it. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but... Can we agree that that is totally a lie? Sticks and stones can break our bones, but words, names can kill you. Because maybe it's a name that somebody called you when you were little or a nickname and it was a hurtful name and you still carry it today. Or something that somebody said about you to somebody else and it still hurts you today. That is very real. Here's what Proverbs 18 says. It says, you have to live with the consequences of everything you say. Think about that. Everything we say, we have to live with the consequences of it. Good or bad. Here's how James said it in verse six. It says, it sets the whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Now, if your version says whole course, I don't know how it reads in your version. I'd encourage you to sort of that because sometimes it's, it's not even that you didn't, you didn't even mean to harm somebody. Or how, have you ever done this where somebody says, oh, they say something and they say, I was just kidding you. But maybe they weren't. Or the damage was already done and you can't take it back. Proverbs 21 says this, if you wanna stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. Think about that, isn't that a great word? Be careful what you say. And then what happens, James uses another illustration. So he actually uses four illustrations here. Okay, so he just used a spark and a fire. Now he uses a zoo, okay, animals. I don't know if you caught that. Here it is in verse seven and eight. He says, all kinds of animals, and he names some, have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. In other words, it's humanly impossible. It's only possible with God. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Wow, that's kind of crazy how he says it. You know, when Lion Country Safari was open, they had big signs. One sign says, don't leave your car. 
okay? The other sign says, keep the window rolled up. Uh, why do you think? Uh, if you go outside, they might uh, like take your head off. That's what they do, okay? So in the same way, it says this, you have to always be aware of the enemy. You always have to be aware of the potential effect. He uses the word poison. Did you catch that in there? He uses the word poison in there. It's like snake venom is the little translation for it. How many drops of snake venom does it take to kill potentially? A couple drops, that's it. The same way with us. It only takes a couple words. So my tongue can destroy what I have. We have to be careful for that. So when we talk about the power the tongue has to, dis to destroy what you have, what goes through your mind? So I, I just think it's kind of mind-boggling to think that something that you say you're not even thinking and it's totally careless in an argument or something can just totally hurt somebody. And I think that the 10-second rule with anger is kind of helpful when you're arguing. When somebody says something, you just take 10 seconds and you just listen and you cool down, and then you can say something that's hopefully helpful to solve your argument. That's a, that's a great point, absolutely. What goes through your mind? Because when you talk, like he was saying, when you're arguing with someone, you don't want to um, say things too fast. Like when you're arguing with your friends, anything you can say can ruin that friendship really quickly. Have you ever had it where the minute it came out of your mouth, you kind of wanted to try to grab it back? You know, and try to pull it back and it was too late? Yeah. Anything else you guys think about when you think about the words having the power to destroy? I think oftentimes we are very quick to react when we feel a strong emotion, like kind of what Logan was talking about. They were talking about like anger um, that we can really quickly in that moment just blurt something out and it can really have a harmful effect on other people. So just like taking the time to just, just hear your thoughts in your own head, go through it and get and um, understand the situation at hand is really important. You know, it's interesting, I know people, and maybe like you do too, that words that were said years ago, years ago, still keep them from having a relationship. You know, well, they said this to me. I know, but how many, how many years ago was that? At some point, we have to let it go, but it destroys. It still hurts. Oh, it absolutely does, it absolutely does. So, the tongue has ability to direct, it also ability to destroy. Here's the third one. My tongue displays who I am. My tongue displays who I am, which means it reveals my real character. It reveals what's on the inside. Here's how he says it in verse 9. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with the same tongue we curse men who've been made in God's likeness. From the same mouth come praise and cursings. My brothers, this should not be. You know what I... I think about this and I think, you know, maybe we come on Sundays and, and we worship God with our mouths and we're all excited and we praise God. And then on the way home, we get in a fight in the car, maybe over what we're going to eat. <laughs> and you go like, oh, that's crazy. It's like kind of like Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. And I think, you know, to be honest, that, that hurts my heart when I see that. And maybe just because I look in the mirror, because I know I've done that, you know, at different points and I have to ask for forgiveness. I, um, my wife's name is Cindy, okay? And I, I don't like to speak badly about somebody, but Cindy's first husband, I say this, was a jerk. He was careless with his words. He was an idiot. He was insecure, so he said whatever he wanted to say, very hurtful. Now, I, I can say that because who was Cindy's first husband? Me. <laughs> I'm her first husband, okay? We've been married 42 years, but I was a jerk with my words. 
I had no idea what I was doing. You've heard of the disease hoof and mouth disease. It's an actual disease. I had foot in my mouth disease a lot kind of thing. And it was hard. Could, we, could you agree with me that we struggle with our tongues being real inconsistent? Sometimes good, bad kind of thing. Yeah, we, we all do that. James, James talks about that. In fact, here's how he says it. Because we want to ask the question, why is that the case? Why do we struggle with our mouth so much that he would devote this whole chapter? Well, look at verse 11 and 12. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. See, he's, what he's talking about is the source of it. Our tongue is simply the fruit of the source. What's the real problem? If I have a problem in my mouth, you know what the real problem is? My heart. In fact, repeat this after me. A problem with my mouth is a problem with my heart. In fact, that might be something worth writing down because if I do have a problem with my mouth, it simply means I have a problem with my heart. Here's how Matthew 12, Jesus says this. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the mouth is just speaking what's in the heart. It just flows out of it. It just reveals who I am, my character. Someone said it this way. If, if a person has a harsh tongue, it means they have an angry heart. Make sense? If they have a negative tongue, they have a fearful heart. If they have an overactive tongue, they have an unsettled heart. If they have a boasting tongue, it's an insecure heart. A filthy tongue is an impure heart. Critical all the time is a bitter heart. In fact, have you ever been around somebody in a conversation, all of a sudden something happened and they just like blew up and you kind of go, where did that come from? You ever done that? <laughs> like, where did that come from? Well, where did it come from? It came from the heart. Now, turn it over, it's simply this. If you have a person that has a lot of encouraging words, it's because they have a happy heart. If they speak kindly, they have a loving heart. If they speak truthfully, they have an open heart. My heart simply displays who I am. Give me some thoughts on that. When, you, when we talk about that what comes out is simply a reflection of the heart, what goes through your mind? Well, this reminds me of one of my favorite verses, which is Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So I think we, we just need to stay close with God and remain pure and keep our heart pure because everything we do, which includes what we say, comes from our heart. And I feel like with how like what you say reflects your heart, like most of the time I feel like like bullies and people who are mean to other people are usually the ones that are like insecure with themselves and like like Sometimes I'd come home like sad because I got a rude comment to me and my mom would just tell me this is really stuck with me. Like usually the insecurities people have of their self, they'll like put onto other people. And like, you know, the one thing like quotes like hurt people hurt people. So usually like a rude person won't have like just a really good life. They'll be happy inside. Usually they're hurt too. I agree with what she's saying. Like there's not just like people that say mean things you know they don't have a good heart because where's, where are those mean things coming from? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's coming from somewhere and there's always a root of it, absolutely. So we've talked about why do we need to manage our tongue? We said my tongue can not only direct my life, it can destroy what I have, but also it displays who I am. So what's the solution? Okay, we've talked about the issue. We all agree there's an issue. What's the solution? Is, is there hope? Is there good news? Yes, there is, okay? There's three parts of now what can we do about it. Let's walk through all three and then let's talk about it. Here's the first thing that we can do. We have to get a new heart. <laughs> we have to get a new heart. Here's how Ezekiel 18 says it. 
Get rid of all the offenses you've committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. That's a great verse, get a new heart and a new spirit. It'd be like if you have a well that has poison in it and saying, okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna paint the pump. Okay, that's nice, it doesn't <laughs> change what's in the water. You have to change it from there. One of the things I think I've learned for myself in, in my journey of this is, I think one of the things is I have to own it and I can't blame other people. Have you ever done that when people are mad? Well, they made me mad. You ever heard that? Or they, what they did made me so angry. No, I have to own it. I have to own that I have a heart disease and it's showing up in maybe gossip. It's showing up in I'm lying or I'm bitter with my tongue or whatever is coming out of my mouth that it's I have a diseased heart and maybe I have to admit that I need a heart because my heart is, maybe it's broken or you said it, I'm, I'm hurt. There's deep hurts in my life. I'm angry, I'm taking it out on other people. Those are simply reflections. I have to own it and say, God, I need a new heart. You know, there's so much in medical science now today with heart disease that you can get a stint put in, maybe you know people have done that or even bypass, but there comes a point when the heart is so diseased, you have to have a heart transplant. And that's what we're talking about here getting a new heart. But you know what? God wants to do that. David prayed that in Psalm 51. It says, God created me a clean heart, oh God, a new heart. So the first thing we have to do, we have to get a new heart. Now here's the second thing with that then. We have to ask God for help every day. <laughs> we have to ask God for help every day because every day it's a situation, which means you can't do it on your own. You need supernatural power. Now, I'm asking you guys to be honest here. Growing up, did any of you ever have your mouth washed out with soap? <laughs> okay. Did you, do you remember it? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't remember what I did, but I, I think I had called my brother something, like a name, because I was not happy with them. And then uh, I think it happened once or twice, and then I actually got like a soap bar in my mouth. <laughs> it did not taste good. Or not to go through, but probably you've heard of it if you haven't experienced it kind of thing. You know, wash your, I'm going to wash my mouth with soap. Well, you know what? That literally is almost what, what the Bible's talking about, okay? When I ask God for forgiveness, what I'm doing is I'm confessing it, and I'm asking God to cleanse my mouth. I'm asking for a, a clean heart, but now I'm asking God, please help me every day. I need you to wash my mouth out, because on my own, you know what's gonna come out of my own mouth? <laughs> Negative, selfishness, because that's who I am, okay? That's kind of at the core. Kind of thing. I need you to help me. Here's how Psalm 141 says it. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. It's a good prayer. I love this quote. I think it's very true. It says this, the proof that God's spirit is in your life is not what you speak, is not that you speak in an unknown tongue, but that you learn to control the tongue that you know. Now, how do you do this? Can I give you a clue? Huh? We've been talking about it. Read the Bible every day. Put the stuff in every day and pray every day. So every day, ask God for help. Say, God, today, I know that I could get angry. I, could, I need your help today. So a new heart, okay? Ask God for help every day. Now we're going to the thing that you talked about a little bit earlier, which is so right, and that is think before you speak. <laughs> the third thing, think before you speak. Now, speaking is not just verbally, but we all agree it's social media, it's texting, it's Facebook. I mean, all the different forms that it can come about. In other words, engage your mind before you engage your mouth. <laughs> or another person said it this way, a shut mouth gathers no foot, 
okay? Um, I, I heard this a long time ago, it was really helpful. Maybe you guys have heard it too, an acronym for THINK. Think before you speak. This has always been helpful, and you might want to write this down, T-H-I-N-K. Let me give you a quick, simple acronym. It might help you. I actually wrote it in my Bible, so I have it in my Bible. It reads me. T, here's the T, says, is this true? What I'm going to speak, is it true? Or is this just hearsay? I've heard it, and so like you said, I'm going to pass it on, you know, Logan. But no, is this actually true? I know it to be true. So T. H, is this helpful? Helpful. Will this actually help the person that I'm talking to? Or am I talking about them behind their back? Or am I actually trying to help them? So is it true? H is helpful. I is interest, which means, is this in the best interest of the person I'm talking about or talking to? Will this, will this is the best interest in them becoming who God made them to be? Okay, so is it true? Is it helpful? Is it in the best interest? And is it necessary? Is it absolutely necessary that I say this? Not about the rest of you, but have you ever done this where I'm just, I just got to get this off my chest. I just need to get this off my mind. Well, no, you don't have to. This is not necessary you say this. <laughs> okay, is it necessary? And the last one, K, is it kind? Is it really kind? So think before I speak. Here's how James 1 verse 19 says it. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. In fact, finish this phrase if you know it. If you can't think of anything good to say, no. If you can't think of anything good to say, think of something good to say and say it. See what I'm saying? It's going to hold another level. No, I'm going to take control of my tongue. I'm going to think of this, and then I'm going to purposely say something good. Because can you say something good about everybody? You can. You can find something good of anybody. You can find something good. Think on those things. You know, if we were to play a tape, let's say that our, all of our conversations over the last week was audioed. Everything was audioed. And it was played in front of everybody. Would we be okay with that? <laughs> it's a good question to ask ourselves because you know what? The Bible says it is being played and God hears every word that's being said. So what do we do? We get a new heart. We ask God for help every day and then we think before we speak. Okay, before we close up, tell me your thoughts on any of those three things that we talked about. Um, on that first one, just get a new heart. I just kept thinking about how that's the promise that Jesus gave us. Like he took that burden for us. He died on the cross so that we could have a new heart. In this world, like the things that we say, we can't control other people. We can't control if those words will go on and live on for years to come um, and if they'll keep affecting us. But the one thing that we, we can control, control through Jesus, through um, a faith in Jesus, is creating a new heart and fixing your heart. And a lot of people, they say, oh, I'm not going to forgive you because of the things you say. But there was a lot of things people said to Jesus and a lot of things they've done to him, but he forgave them. Yeah, and also, uh, yeah, kind of what you said earlier, like guard your heart or your tongue too. Like um, probably like a, a big one is like the stuff you watch, listen to. Like me, 
I used to listen to lots of like rap music and like a lot of curse words, a lot of violence and like uh, lust and to lust as well. So uh, mom, you told me you put trash in, trash comes out. So yeah, that's one thing you just gotta know. And um, also too is yeah, words can destroy. Like personally, I destroyed many people in my life, and uh, you just gotta watch what you say pretty much and just um, never like. Like, never take things too far as well. That's a big thing too, and always pray, yeah. I, I think something for me is even though I might not be saying something, you know, mean to somebody, I'm not saying something good. And that reminds me, yep, like you were saying, it reminds me of Ephesians 4.29, and that's don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So everything that we say that comes out of our mouth should be helping somebody or it should be helpful. I think the society we live in, like cancel culture is a big thing right now. And so like someone says something and then like they call their colleges and they lose all their scholarships and everything. And you know, they might have not meant it or they were joking around. So forgiveness is a big thing. You know, we asked at the very beginning, what's the one thing that can either make a future great or destroy your life or you know, your future? It's your mouth. <laughs> Now, there's a solution. So no matter, even I appreciate you being honest because no matter where it's been in the past, today can start a new day. It can start a new for any of you. You can start a new future. I wanna go back to James chapter one, verse 26, and catch what he says here. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Think about that. Family, we live in a world right now, we all know this, where words are just flying, flying. And many of them are directed to be hurtful, directed to be hateful. That's part of the world we live in. But we're not to live that way. The words that come out of our mouths should be ones of faith, of hope, of promise, of love, of forgiveness. Those are the words that should come out of our mouth. Why? Because you said, we have a new heart. Because we have a new heart, we have a new language within us. That's the way we're to live. And when we do that, people around us will notice that there's something different in us. And what is it about you that's different? Then we have the ability to tell them who made the difference in our life. So manage our mouth. It's a key not only to our future, but many others as well. Let me, uh, let me pray for us. Father God, thank you for the, the truth in your words out of James. God, this is an amazing thought that, that how you created the universe through the words of your mouth, then you create us in your image, and now we now have the ability to create our futures, but also the future of others through the words of our mouth. God, would you forgive me for unfortunately the way too many times, way too many times that the words that have come out of my mouth have not been good, have not been pure, have not been right. They've been angry because my heart was that way. God, forgive me. God, we need a new heart. And maybe if you're listening right now, that's your prayer. And you say, God, I need you to give me a new heart because my heart just is too hurting. It's too poisoned. I need a new heart. God wants to give that to you. Maybe it's just the fact that you say, God, I'm gonna give my life to you. I'm gonna give my heart to you. God, take over and give me a new heart. That's called giving your life to Jesus. And then when you do now, God, help us every day we need help every day. 
And as we spend time in your word, as we pray, God, help us and cleanse our mouth out. And then God, help us to think before we speak, that every word would be a word of encouragement, hope that would point people to you. God, thank you for this great teaching. Help us to implement it today to your honor and to your glory. We ask this in your name. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.